Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Emptying the notebook on changes in the Big Ten and the AFCA convention in Charlotte. It is Friday, January 13th. This is the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glenn, and I am joined alongside 24-7 Sports College Football writer Brandon Marcello, who was at the AFCA convention in Charlotte earlier this week. So, Brandon, before we start and talk about that coaches convention, big news out of the Big Ten over the last day or two, Kevin Warren has decided to take a position, the commissioner of the Big Ten, has decided to take a position as the president of the Chicago Bears. So now the Big Ten is is looking for a new commissioner. So before we get to potential replacements and who could be next for the conference to lead it into the future, how will you and how will the Big Ten just remember Kevin Warren for all that he was able to do, a lot of the controversies that came during his tenure as well? How will he be remembered? I think in retrospect, in a couple of years, I'll look at him fondly and with some respect because he was able to put them on a path financially to secure their future and to become the best conference out there, regardless of sport, whether it's football, basketball, they're going to be the richest conference. They're going to have the greatest footprint from coast to coast, and they're going to be the ultimate super conference. In the interim here, people are going to discuss how he wasn't very... uh Opened with his leadership there within the Big Ten, athletic directors and presidents. He always wondered what he was up to, and he was very vague whenever they would approach him about things going on within the conference, including and up to him leaving to go to the Chicago Bears. He was very deflective when it came to that. And then, of course, him adding USC and UCLA made him the ultimate power broker in college athletics this past summer. The negative also would mix in there is that he canceled the college football season for the Big Ten back in 2020, and it took Justin Fields, who, by the way, is going to be his new quarterback for the Chicago Bears. It took Justin Fields as a player at Ohio State to get that decision reversed when he got all those players together across the country to petition the Big Ten to start the season, and sure enough, they ended up playing college football in 2020. So Kevin Warren, he went into that job as a former NFL guy for the past 20 plus years. He went into that job and pretty much used it as a resume booster to go get another NFL gig. I mean, he hired all these third parties around him. He like had an inner circle like you wouldn't believe to shield him from the outside, to develop all these PR plans around him, to make him look as good as he could, whether it was good for him or excuse me, whether it was good for the conference or not, that made him look good. And so I think a lot of people within that conference are happy that he's leaving. But I think in retrospect, in a couple of years, we're going to go, well, the decisions he made put us in a very strong position so we can build upon all this. So overall, I think he did what he wanted to do and it benefited him. But it also in the long run is going to benefit the Big Ten. 
So you, you bring up an interesting point there. Uh, one I hadn't thought about. You said he kind of used it as a, as a resume builder, right, to get another NFL job, which he obviously now has as the president of the Chicago Bears. Put yourself in the shoes uh, of the hiring committee for the Big Ten. You go back. Do you hire Kevin Warren again? Maybe not. I think they probably would have hired Jim Phillips, uh, the former Northwestern AD, who is now the commissioner of the ACC. And in fact, they may be able to go back in time by staying in the present and hiring him away from the ACC. Um, I actually think that would be a very smart move. Whether they do that or not, I'm probably probably not. They're probably not going to want to be seen as the one poaching and <laughs> they're poaching for the Pac-12 two teams. Now let's go poach the commissioner. Remember, we still, we still have the alliance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. The alliance. Yeah, the alliance that died on the vine the day they announced it. You also got to keep in mind maybe Ohio State Athletics Director Gene Smith. He's almost like the de facto associate commissioner already at the conference. Whenever there's some big decisions to make, seemingly he's the name that's always in the media and comes up with some really good ideas and forward-thinking things that get the ball moving. Very well-respected voice in that room. The Big Ten will not be short on candidates, especially well-qualified candidates that will do a great job in that job because I, I could argue it's the best commissioner gig in college sports right now, and that includes the SEC because in the future – they're going to be the richest conference. They're going to be the strongest conference top to bottom in all those sports. And academically, they're better than the SEC because of all those AAU schools. So this is a prime job out there. This might end up being the best job in all of college sports. Well, like you said, there won't be a shortage of candidates uh, trying to become the next commissioner of the Big Ten. And obviously, the Big Ten looking to now find its new leader as Kevin Warren is off to the Chicago Bears, becoming the next president of that franchise. And, and it's funny, you know, it comes full circle, right? You said it. He decides to cancel the Big Ten season or cancel the college football season for Big Ten teams before 2020 or when 2020 and when COVID uh, first started. And it took Justin Fields, who's now his new quarterback with the Chicago Bears, to uh, to help convince him otherwise and, and play a Big Ten only season that year. But I mentioned at the beginning of the show that you were in Charlotte for the AFCA convention earlier this week, and, and a lot came out of that. And interestingly enough, a lot came out of it regarding recruiting. And, and the first thing I want to bring up is, is the recruiting calendar, because that was certainly uh, something talked about at times during the convention. I know I read a quote from Dave Doran, the NC State head coach. He was saying how they should just get rid of signing days altogether and allow kids as soon as they commit to sign, assuming that there is less than 85 scholarships for that next academic year, which is obviously the maximum. What did you hear about this recruiting calendar? What was said to you? You know, Where do you think it goes from here after this AFCA convention? Personally, I think they just need to blow up the entire recruiting calendar and start from scratch. And the reason I say that is because there were so many different ideas of things that need to change. But the one thing that all the coaches would ag agree upon is that the recruiting calendar is crazy. They got to fix it, especially in the months of December and January. I don't know if this was the least attended coaches convention that I've been to, but it was certainly one that wasn't very well attended among, say, the senior staffers on these staffs, like coordinators and especially head coaches. In fact, there were 38 FBS head coaches in the FBS meeting on the final day. So not a very good turnout. Not a lot of big names there either. Uh, you could argue that the biggest name in that room was Mike Norvell and Matt Rule and maybe Sam Pittman for Arkansas. Uh, otherwise, there was Dave Clawson and, and Dave Dorn. So it's interesting because Todd Berry, the executive director of the AFCA, so that there's a lot of discussion there. Remember the AFCA, the coaches are the ones who came up with this idea of two transfer portal windows. And now they're not happy with the first transfer portal window because it's making things so crazy for them in the month of December. In fact, that's why a lot of coaches didn't show up to the meetings because they were busy hosting transfer portal recruits back on their campuses. 
on the final weekend they were able to do so. So if you look ahead here, they're talking about maybe we just need to take the early signing dates, which is in December, and move it maybe toward in the middle of the season. That goes completely against a lot of the good ideas we've seen out there recently, including one by SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, whose idea is let's get rid of the early signing date and keep just the first Wednesday in February as the only signing date. So then coaches aren't running around trying to do these 25, 30 man classes in December while also trying to keep track of the transfer portal and also prepare for a bowl game. And then remember, playoffs about to expand here. I mean, goodness gracious, a year and a half from now, we're going to do a 12 team playoff and you're going to have teams competing for championships more so than in the past. So they need to do something. I personally, I don't think, and I don't think it would get a lot of push or, or approval to just completely move the early signing date during the season or even before the season, July and August. In fact, I've heard from some high school folks saying that that just doesn't make much sense for them because the players are not going to try and sign something. And hey, listen, this is, we got stories out there. We got the quarterback who wants to go to Florida or says he's going to go to Florida, Rashada. Now he's maybe wanting out of his NLI because he's maybe not getting the NIL deal that he wanted. So what are we going to do? We're going to allow high school athletes to sign whenever they commit, like Dave Dorn says. And then let's say six months later, before they're even on campus, they go, I want out. I want you to release me from my NLI because I got a better NIL deal at this other school. It's still going to be nonsense and crazy if you just allow players to sign whenever. So my prediction for this year, and I wrote this, is that during this calendar year, they're all going to sit down and have all these ideas, and they're just going to decide, let's blow it all up. Let's start from scratch. What does the recruiting calendar look like? When are there dead periods? When can we spend time with our players? When can we host kids? How do we do all this? I think, and from talking to Todd Berry and listening to Todd Berry there, they had they had so many ideas about transfer portal windows and the dead periods and contact, the bump contact rule, which has been in effect for years. They just need to blow it all up and start over again. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you know, recruiting is crazy, right? But part of the reason why it's so crazy is because everything is so jumbled up together, right? We had, and especially at 24-7 Sports, we had a transfer portal palooza all-day show. And then what, a week and a half, two weeks later, we had another all-day show for National Signing Day in December, right? There is no space. Everything just kind of clumped together. And look, if I were a college head coach, I know I'd be pissed at the fact that everything is right in the month of December. You have the transfer window open until whenever in January, then you have the first February or the first Wednesday of February for the next signing day. It's just the whole big mess. And like you said, blow it up, start from scratch, and then figure out what's next for this recruiting calendar and hopefully come up with something better than what it is currently right now. But staying in in the mind 
mindset uh, of recruiting. There was also talk about certain penalties for tampering. And obviously we know tampering is something that behind closed doors happens, right? Like we're not, we're not oblivious to the fact that that tampering exists, uh, but what were some penalties or what were some things discussed when it comes to tampering with recruits and so on and so forth? You know, Todd Barry mentioned, you know, one, one example. So a lot of coaches complain and, and, and say that their headsets are being listened in on during games or they cut out communications. And that one way to get that to stop is if you punish the opposing sideline by taking their headsets away for a game. And he said that that type of idea that got unanimous support among the 38 FBS head coaches are like, yeah, let's do it. But again, when we're talking about tampering, including with recruiting, that's just an on the field thing. Of course, all these coaches are going to say yes, because that means if everybody does this, we're all playing by the same rules. That means that's less work for me and, and people going around tampering. If we're not tampering anymore, then I don't have to tamper. It's almost like if, if you guys watch the Tim Robinson show, I think you should leave with him dressed up as the hot dog and he wrecks the car into the, into the shop and he walks out and they go, and some guy wrecked this place. He's wearing a hot dog suit. He's like, yeah, we're all just trying to find the guy who did this. That's those, the coaches in that room. Everybody's doing the same exact thing. Everybody's tampering, but yet they all go, this must end. We have to figure out a way to do this. But I think they do all want to be on a level of playing field. But the fact of the matter is there's never going to be a level playing field. It's life. That's how it is. But one way to curb those issues and make it less frequent is if you literally just brought out a big hammer for these things, these violations. Like he said, Todd Berry, if, if you want to stop headphone communication issues, take them away from the opposing staff that next week. And I guarantee you they will stop doing it because you want to see chaos Imagine a sideline with no communication in their headphones. No one be able to be in the press box and look at defenses upstairs. It would be nuts. And coaches guarantee you, if there was tampering with headphones, headsets, which by the way, it happens, they would certainly stop doing it. How do you stop that with recruiting and the transfer portal? What kind of penalties do you provide? I think you got to go the financial route. You got to financially penalize the coaches. That's the way to do it. And I, I think the coaches would probably actually be open to that. But but again, this idea that they all act like, yes, this must stop. You're all doing it. Everybody in that room is doing it. Well, like not. well imagine being the, and this would be a hypothetical, but imagine being the one coach who doesn't raise their hand, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's 37 of the 38 of us said tampering must stop. Hmm, wonder why that one didn't say tampering must stop. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, so no surprise that all uh, all the coaches are, are on board for tampering uh, to, to come to an end and for penalties to be uh, assessed if tampering uh, does happen. Kind of away from recruiting more towards the transfer portal, there was discussion on how teams can contend sort of overnight and, and sort of rebuild their rosters overnight. And we saw that... Uh, throughout this year. I mean, you know, TCU, granted, they had some returnees, but they also hit the transfer portal hard this past or last offseason. Uh, you look at a team like USC, obviously no one hit the portal really as hard as they did last offseason. They were a win away from making the college football playoff. So what was the discussion like when it came to how teams can kind of contend and rebuild their rosters, even after losing seasons the year before in the case of TCU and become a, a national title contender just one year later? You know, it's all over the board among some coaches, and but with a common theme of that was the ones who are like, well, we don't need really need to transfer portal building a contender. We're the ones with younger stars that are staying in the system, and so they're going to their third or fourth year. But the other teams where they're having to reload, obviously, we got to reload and do that. Teams like 
For example, Auburn, as we're seeing right now, I was just talking about this before our broadcast with someone. They're number three or four in the nation, the transfer portal rankings right now, and they have to do that because their roster's been depleted and the, ro- and the roster they had was not very talented. So all of a sudden, maybe Auburn, not necessarily a championship contender, but certainly one that could get back to a bowl game and maybe have an upset or two under Hugh Freeze like he did, heck, in his first year at Ole Miss when they went from a two-win team to a seven-win team. And now he's got a transfer portal to help him turn a program around. Look at Florida State. I think they're the prime example that I'm going to lean on going out throughout this entire offseason. They are number one in the transfer portal rankings right now, and not necessarily because of quantity bumping that number up, but the quality is fantastic. Their average rating is 91.4, which is by far number one among any team in the transfer portal rankings. You've got a Heisman candidate and quarterback Jordan Travis returning. They had the biggest one of the offseason there in the ACC, in my opinion, by getting Jared Verse, the top pass rusher, to return instead of going to the NFL. And they got a lot of other pieces returning as well. And they've been doing a great job recruiting the last three years. And in the portal, the last two and a half to three years, they've put the pieces in place there to contend. And I they're my pick right now to win the ACC and to get in the playoff. And to me, people talk about who's going to knock off Georgia. I think Florida State's the team that's actually built the best offensively to be able to topple a team that's built like Georgia in a postseason format. But again, that's uh, 12 months away. We got a lot of time to figure that out. But I love what Florida State's been doing on paper. You know, I'm glad you brought them up because you look at examples from last year, right? I said USC, um, obviously a team that with a new coach needed to rebuild that roster and they were able to do so. And like I said, came a win away from making the college football playoff. Uh, You look at a team like Florida State this year, they had a winning record this past season. I think they, if I remember correctly, won 10 plus games. They're using the transfer portal to upgrade the various weaknesses they have so they could take that next step and become that title contender. But you look at a team like, or teams like Colorado and Auburn who are bringing in new coaches, they're using the portal to just rebuild and return those winning ways. So it's like you can use it to fill a couple weaknesses here and there to take that next step into a title contender, or you can use it when you're a new coach to turn your team from a, a team that had a losing season into a team that's making a bowl game. And that'll obviously progress your climb back into relevancy and back into competitiveness. So Marcelo, the last thing I wanted to discuss, and this is an interesting one to talk about because we we look at college coaches and, and it seems like the job of being a college coach is just becoming harder, right? It's becoming more stressful because there's so many external factors and especially now with NIL, so many external things to worry about that maybe three, four, five years ago, you didn't have to. But the industry generally is becoming younger and younger and younger. And those older coaches are not necessarily being pushed out, but they're leaving and retiring and deciding to do something else because they just can't deal with the stress and the extracurriculars that now come with being a college head coach. What was the discussion like throughout the convention uh, about that taking place and about the future really of coaching here in the college game? It's the most I've seen, most I've seen the coaches being haggard at the convention. They just look tired and not necessarily because they went out partying the night before, which some, some of them did, especially on national championship from hanging around some of those guys, but they're tired. They are worn out and the coaching industry is getting younger in college football. Heck, we just recently saw Derek Mason, defensive coordinator for Oklahoma state say, I'm out. I'm taking a sabbatical from college football when he had a primo power five defensive coordinator gig these last two years and now he's leaving and you're seeing the hiring practices of a lot of these programs especially a coordinator getting younger and younger and younger we're seeing 20 something year olds now as coordinators in major college football and a lot of it skewing younger into their 30s and i remember i had a head coach six seven years ago before the portal stuff started happening they asked me how old are you and i'm like ah you know whatever i was and they're like he goes yeah 
it's taken me some time to realize this. And this guy's in his 50s. He said, and he's a power five head coach. And he said, it took me some time to realize this, but I'm not as good of a head coach today as I would have been in my mid 30s. Yes, I was less experienced and say what you will. He says, I think I would have been a better head coach then than I am now in my 50s because I was younger, I was more vibrant, I was willing to go to work every day and work harder than everybody else. I was more excited about things. He says, in any line of work, including coaching, you get beat down and worn down by it. And little by little, you hit a point where the returning production kind of kind of goes down a little bit. You might still win games, you might still win national championships, but on an individual level, you're not as sharp or as hard charging as you used to be. And you start leaning more onto others to do things for you. And uh, I think with this transfer portal, it has only extrapolated those problems and has kind of sped up that aging process. Coaches always joked about aging in dog years. I think that's legit, especially the portal right now and the craziest that is going on with recruiting and all of that. So I need to do a study when I look through the coaching carousel numbers I put together of the average age. But this, I know it's anecdotal evidence right now, but I guarantee you if we actually added this all up, we would see over the last four years, the average age of coaches, assistant coaches in college football has dropped and has done so more significantly than ever before. It really is just so interesting how the college coaching world is changing and really how college football is changing. And I think no better place to see that and to hear the different perspectives than the AFCA convention. And you were there earlier this weekend in Charlotte, uh, earlier this week, I should say, uh, in Charlotte, talking to uh, a plethora of coaches uh, throughout the country. Uh, make sure to follow Marcelo on Twitter at bmarcelo. Uh, make sure to, of course, give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure to head on over to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and subscribe to that page as well. So for Brandon Marcelo, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the College Football Daily. series on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire now streaming on Paramount Plus.